You're listening to Real Chicks Rock Presents Real Discussions, and I'm your host, Michelle Dawes-Burt. Fasten your seatbelts as it's sure to be an informative discussion and conversation. Keep in mind that we are not perfect, but we're empowered. Enjoy. Good afternoon, and welcome to Real Chicks Rock Presents Real Discussions. I'm your host, Michelle Dawes-Burt, and as always, I'm super excited to be here. Thank you guys, and we we apologize for the delay. Sometimes it's just technology is just not in our favor, but it's okay. We are here now, and so are you. So thank you in advance for being patient with us, and thank you for joining us for today. We are excited, 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 excited. Yes, for a couple of reasons. First thing, today is my anniversary. It's my anniversary. Today marks the fourth fourth, uh, season or year that I've been doing these talk shows. Um, And it's been airing every first and third Sunday at 2 p.m. for the past four years. So thank you, Status Network, for having me for so long. Thank you, thank you. So we will celebrate. We will celebrate. But today we are talking about Nat. It's all about autism. Today, April, the month of April is National Autism Awareness Month. And I have some beautiful women here that are going to talk about their experiences in raising their children that have autism. I want to welcome the people that are listening. And let me give you a little background about what Real Chicks Rock is all about before we jump into the topic for today. It's all about creatively collaborating and connecting to raise awareness regarding issues that impact women. And we do it by this platform, do the arts, we do it through public speaking, mentoring. We do a whole bunch of different things, but this platform has been able, has allowed us to be able to raise the awareness and have these conversations that impact us the most. And today's show is sponsored by not one, but two people. It's powered by two people today. Miss Tasha Lorray. that's one person. Thank you, Miss Tasha Lorray. We're going to talk more about her products and services at the end of the show. And also only one Camille's Boutique. Yes. So we're going to talk about what they're offering and what their stores and boutiques are all about at the end of the show. So thank you, ladies, for powering us today. So. Let's get into it. Hi, guests. I have Gina Stovall and I have Marsha Shackelford. Hi, ladies. Hi. Hi. Thanks for joining. Thanks for joining. And thanks for being patient with us today. Thank you so much. So you ladies, I know you ladies, but the people that are watching may not know a little bit more, some details about you. So I'm going to start with you, Marsha. Can you tell the people a little bit about yourself? Uh, my name is Marcia Shackelford. I'm a mother of two sons, uh, one 10 Christian. That's my uh, my son who has autism. Benjamin, eight, um, also a yoga teacher, a Reiki energy healer, a Thai body worker. So, and a and a lover of dance and music. <laughs> yes, yes. Thanks, Marcia, for joining us. All right. So, my other guest, Gina Stovall, tell the people a little bit about yourself. You're not. You're not twirling at the moment, but tell the people about a little bit about yourself. Yeah, they don't recognize me without the skirt, sis. I don't, tell them. <laughs> I don't wear the skirt. They don't know me. I, my name is Gina Michelle. I am um, the real house mother of Atlanta. I was uh, awarded that title two years ago, and I, I wear it proudly. proudly. 
And um, yeah, house music is my first love. I've been in the house community over 40 years. I'm one of the originals back in New York. So, uh, but my proudest accomplishments is I am a mother of three amazing children. Mm-hmm. Um, my youngest is Tony. He will be 28 this month. Oh, no, this month, this, uh, this June. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was diagnosed with pervasive developmental disorder when he was about two and a half. So I've been living with autism a long time. So uh, I got a little bit of expertise in the, the field, just in my mommy duties. So I, I appreciate you inviting me in here to share. So thank yes. you. Yes, thank you. Thank you, ladies. And so let's jump right into it. So Gina, I'm going to start with you only because Tony's a little older, right? Than than Marsha's son that has that has autism and he's 10. Tony's going to be 28. And I've met Tony, but kind of helps set the stage for us. So was Tony born born with autism, Gina? How how do we discover or know what Tony has? Oh, good question, because this is before the internet. Okay. So yeah. The only frame of reference I had was Rain Man. I think about growing up, like in our age, we didn't hear about autism. Right. I remember hearing something about an idiot savant on 60 Minutes uh, piece, but the only frame of reference I had was Rain Man, the movie with Dustin Hoffman and Tom Cruise. Mm-hmm. And uh, so when Tony was born, he was healthy, uh, all his fingers and toes, um, beautiful baby. But um, somewhere, and I guess it was my mommy senses, and I had two other children. His sister, Remy, is a year and 13 days older than him. And then my oldest son, Sean, is 40. So I've been a mommy a long time. So I know the milestones and what they're supposed to be hitting. And with Tony, I didn't, he wasn't saying mommy, bye-bye, dada, nothing. So I was like, okay. Um, but, you know, wasn't panicking or anything. And I shared it with friends. And I was living in Houston at the time. And uh, everybody had a story, you know, ain't nothing wrong with him. He'll talk when he want to talk. Juju didn't talk till he was eight. He spoiled. You give him everything. He don't... Child. So I, all that's well and good. However, I needed to know. And uh, I took him to Texas Children's Hospital when he was two and a half. And that's when he was diagnosed as uh, pervasive developmental disorder, PDD, which is on the spectrum of autism. And at the time, I think I was more thankful just to have a label. At least I knew I wasn't crazy. Like I did something. And so the earlier, you know, the better I got him right into it. And then I had to hit like before the internet. So I couldn't Google anything. I had hit the books. I was in the library. I researched everything I could on autism. And, um, Got him in the University of Houston speech therapy, like right away. I got all the, I'm a social worker. So I'm, it's, that's what I do. I connect with services. So I had this whole, and uh, it was a, a a hell of a road. I'm telling you, I had to make peace with it. I'm trying to give you the, the, the in a nutshell, because he is 28 and it changes services for children or one thing. But when you turn to an adult, 18, everything, it shifts, or mm-hmm. they can stay in high school. I don't know what it is in Georgia, but uh, he was born in Houston. So they can stay in high school until they're 22. But um, once they're adult, all services change. So this, I'm living in a whole different spectrum. I had to, um, I retired of uh, from my career of 30 years, mm-hmm. uh, social worker in the HIV field, a career that I loved and did well in. It was past. I think we lost her. Yeah, I think we lost her, and we'll get her back in. She froze up. So, Marsha, yes, got you. So, how and when did you discover and know 
when your son had autism? Um, well, when Christian was, he started school, like, what's the, like the early, the early school before pre-K, he was having some problems, just not looking in the eyes, just having some social, some social skills issues, but not until when he started pre-K, when he started like regular school at the elementary school pre-K, did I really notice he had like severe issues. Christian would, uh, would explain when he his autism manifests where when he gets triggered he has these big explosions and i mean he hits and kicks and punches and will destroy a classroom and you know things of that nature that so that started in pre-k and um the by the end of the first semester of pre-k uh, they wanted to then transfer Tim to a, uh, a classroom for kids with special needs. Had a meeting, um, and my uh, and kind of felt kind of bullied by everyone that to, to make this choice to go to this classroom. And then something something my mommy since told me go to this classroom, go check it out. And the kids, most of the kids in the room, were like were nonverbal children. So I'm like, my kids progress is going to be completely stifled so I worked it out where he was primarily in his first in his in his pre-k classroom and in his classroom and just over at that point in time then I, I went to a doctor had some testing done I suspected autism I don't know what what it was just I guess the mommy census again and um by the by June, it took a few months to fit in the process it. By June, I got the diagnosis with that he had uh, that he had autism. Mm. Mm. And yeah. it's funny, and it's funny what what she said. Getting a diagnosis did feel like like I was like, oh, okay, it's something because at this point in time, before that, I have a child that I don't know what's going on with him. He's a, he's a really kind, sweet, thoughtful, smart kid. And then he, and then I sent him to school and he's exploding all over the place. And I'm like, somebody needs to tell me something about what's going on. So finding, getting a diagnosis at least made me feel like, okay, we can go somewhere from, from here. Got you. Got you. Got you. How did it make you feel? So you got, now you got a name associated and tied with it. How did you sense the sense? You've got a sense of relief now, right? But then you have to kind of change how you you work with your son now I mean how did that feel for you yeah so they it it felt really overwhelming because what happens is you go you do all this testing then they come in they give you this big package or no they no they don't come in you don't go anywhere at first they email you they email you after a few months you know this packet of what you know what what all the things going on with their child. And then you come in for a meeting for like an hour. They give you a folder filled with different resources to go to and send you off on your merry way. And you're just like, and, and I, you know, I, I can only come from my perspective. Um, I didn't have like any mental health background. I froze. I felt very overwhelmed. Um, Hello? Yeah, we're here. Okay. I felt just really overwhelmed when I um when I just got this packet. I'm like, what's going what's going on? And I think it was, you know, it was really kind of slow moving with me 
like really getting him the help because the next year I, I went to a different school with a different special classroom and he was fine. I mean, he was perfectly no outbursts. He grew. And then in second grade, that those he went back to the old school. Uh, he was fine. And then, no, kindergarten and then first grade. Kindergarten and first grade were breezy, breezy years. The, uh, there really wasn't anything that showed he had autism until second grade. And the outburst started again. And then I just got caught. I got caught in the cycle of trying to figure out where, what to, what to do. And uh, for the longest time, I was working with the schools, the school, and, and doing EIPs and all of the different things, and taking him to, you know, taking him to the doctors. But really, until this year, I feel like I kind of felt like I was spinning my wheels mm. and not getting a lot of traction going forward um, with 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 being and with feeling empowered to to help him. I kind of felt stuck. Yeah. Well, I think we can welcome back Gina. Gina, you're back. Woo-hoo! I'm back, sis. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Great. Some, I'm, I'm glad you're back. I got some other people in the Zoom that I think I need to come out. So uh, if you're not a part of the show, Dwayne, please come out of Zoom. Thank you. Yeah, right. I was. I saw that. I got confused. <laughs> So thank you. So welcome back. So so Gina, for you, right? So now we got a title. Marsha was sharing her experience when she discovered that her son had autism. And she, like you, was saying the same thing. Like, you know, your son is fine. He's loving. Not a problem at home. For, for Marsha, he was having some outbursts and some things going on in school. He's very young, still very young. But once he got, she got a name or a title to what's going on in his life. It's like, okay, we feel better. Okay, we got this. We're not crazy. There's this. There's something going on with my my beloved, and there's a name for it. And so now I got to kind of maneuver through the process. And so for you, Gina, did it change for you? For you and Tony, when when he was a little boy, now he has this. He has autism, a portion of it, or a piece of it. Did you have to change your parenting technique for him? Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there's no guidebook. They, they didn't come like this was really on hands on. Um, there are no two children alike. So I'm blessed. I never complain because it could be a whole lot worse. Um, and navigating through the school system in Houston, um, I was open because like all this was new to me and there was support groups and there was it was overwhelming. Um but I was open to whatever they suggested. So, and um, it was always a challenge in the summer. Now, mind you, I'm a single parent. Um, I've got to work all summer. I'm at all year. So summertime is really a challenge because there's no summer school. Like I can send Remy, his sister to the YMCA. I was always, you know, there's a free camp somewhere, but when it comes to special needs, so sometimes they would have extended year services and uh, I would take him. I would never just put him on the bus. They always provided transportation for special needs, but I would send him these places and I would see the, the full spectrum of like there are um, there's high functioning and then there's very low functioning. And so I'm blessed. Tony may be nonverbal. And I think that was my biggest thing. Like you couldn't tell me because I'm such a y'all know anybody knows me. No, I can talk. I'm a wordsmith. I write. I talk like I'm an orator. So the concept of having a child that doesn't speak like was foreign. Like what? 
like, sure, he's going to speak. One day he's just going to start spitting out something like, I didn't care what he said. I just wanted to hear his voice. So the idea, and I was really in the church at that time. I was faithful, saved, sanctified, speaking in tongues. Like you couldn't tell me that my child, I had this confession on my refrigerator every day, morning and night. We was confessing that the deaf and dumb spirit, he'd be healed from the top of his head to the sole of his feet in Jesus name, yada, yada, yada. Amen. Like I said this, I believed and it took Remy, his sister, they were raised like twins. They shared the same room and she busted out. She must have been about 10 or 11. And she just started crying. She said, it's not working. It's not working. We've been praying this for years and he still doesn't talk. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, okay. Like, how do you even, re- she, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Absolutely. And that was a light bulb moment for me because I was so like, I had him in speech therapy, like school or anything the school offered, like back to being a social worker and any services provided. And then in the community, I was going to like, I was going to, yeah, I was going to make him talk. I was going to make him like, I I'm a control freak. I've learned this. I had to have control. And what I've learned is I had no control over it and I had to release all of that. Okay. Um, Okay. It was not going to be. And then I beat myself up. I went through a whole phase, like the mothering thing, a single parent. And then we won't even talk about what causes it. I'm staying in the light, but I even beat myself up. Was there something that I did? Because mm-hmm. um, I, where did autism come from? And why is it so prevalent? And so especially in black boys, and mm-hmm. that's a whole nother topic for another day. But right. once I started doing my research, I got angry and then I was mad at myself. But you can't, I couldn't beat myself up for something I didn't know. I thought I was being a, a responsible parent and doing what I needed to do and following. But uh, in all of that, in the, my light bulb moment that I had to release control and to be all right with my child may never speak. And so hmm. I had to be all right with that. And all I ever wanted to tell you the truth and still today, I've met that he would say, mommy. That's the only thing I'd love to hear him say is mommy. He says, mama. But um hmm. Even with that, I've learned that communication is more than verbal. Tony mm-hmm. doesn't speak, but he communicates. Like you've seen him, Michelle. Like mm-hmm. he comes and hangs out. Like I am so, and it took, especially in New York, there's a, a we have a circle of sisters that we all have children with uh, autism. All of them are different. There's no two same on spectrum, but we have this sisterhood. And one of my sisters, Martina, she told me, and it's funny the things we take for granted because we were at Fort Greene, Lil Ray's Jamboree. And what I do, you know, I come, I bring out the tent. You've seen my setup. Wherever I go, I roll, I got my tent, my chairs. And I do that for him. I'm dancing. I'm not up under the tent. I don't sit down, but he allows me. If I set him up and bring the coolers, the chairs, as long as he can eat and it, he chills, he sits. Yeah. And it took Martina saying, she says, sis, you don't know how lucky you are that you can leave him. And I was like, whoa, because Jelani, her son, is a runner. Like, you can't leave. You can't, he can't be left unattended. Like, I can leave Tony on the blanket. He's going to chill. I'm going to dance. I'm going to come back, check on him. So I never complain because it can be a whole lot worse. And so once I released control that he may never speak and made peace with it and learned, and that's part of my spiritual journey, that that we're all energy and it's vibrations and frequency. There's nothing wrong with Tony. Like he's not disabled. He's different, but he's not less than he's vibrating on a whole different level. And during this time that we're going through and this madness of the world, he is in this bubble of love. He doesn't know hate. He doesn't know fear. He doesn't know nothing about no coronavirus. He don't know about nothing in his world. He's a happy camper. He's normal. He's normal. Life is good. Life is good. I love his world. We live in his bubble a whole yeah. lot. 
I love I love his bubble. Not a whole lot of talking, but it's a lot of communication. There's a whole lot of love. So once I shifted my thinking on how I saw autism and made peace with it, it's like he has autism now. Like we don't look at it. We got a whole different perspective. Like when you change the way you look at things, things you look at change. So I made peace with it. Um, on there's some dark days. I ain't gonna lie. You know, he has his episodes and he's big. He's strong. Tony is six, three, about two eighty, And he's strong. He's a gentle giant and he's so loving and sweet, but there's something that triggers him. And he has these moments and he seems to lash out on me as his caregiver. But, um, that's what we're struggling with now, but he's on, on no meds getting back to, and this is not for all, you know, I get it. If, you, if that's what you need for me and mine, we don't do meds. And especially when I tried it, going back to listening to doctors back when he was young, cause he was having episodes in school. He was acting out. Oh, the self-containment classes. Oh, we had a journey. I was that they knew me at the IEPs and the art meetings. Like I'm very involved. I'm the snack wagon mom. I'm PTA. I, they know Miss Thomas when she comes through the door. So all I was very involved in his his education. So, but what you're not gonna do is stick him in a closet. Right. Not there's just certain things, but I had to homeschool him for a while. I did what I had to do, but it has been truly a journey. And so when I listen, and I hate that I missed your story, sis, but I'm going to listen. But so having a, a younger child, like I remember those days. Yeah. So is your son verbal? Yes. Um, my son is actually really highly functioning. Um, wow. oh, super, 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 super highly functioning. Like he, 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 he draws, he, I mean, he's, he's on grade level possibly above you know, above uh, his his issues are more social and his he has the he has the violent episodes okay. when, but he's but he's very much like you mentioned the gentle giant christian has always looked like way older than his his age like right now he's 10 and he wears men's clothing like he's no longer and and i just had to keep buying more and more clothes so his issues are where when he he can't control he has uh, he can't control his emotions and when it happens it it's just it's 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 scary because the first I remember I didn't I didn't see it until the first time I got there the school always would call me about by the time I got there the episode would come down but the school one time I got there he was still in the episode he looked like he wasn't there his eyes like his had he had a completely different voice. It was it was frightening to be mm. able to see your child, right. not your child. Like mm. I don't even know who you are right now, right. and and then and and then to know that he's in there, he's he's trapped in there. Uh, it's 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 it can be like those times when he can't control that. So finding the school that I haven't been now has been a godsend because I was so worried. Like you have a child who's huge for his age. Yeah. Who can't control his emotions. Like they're, they're calling the police on my kid yep. at school. Yes. Like they calling the police. Yes. Like, and my son threw a chair at the police officer. Wow. <laughs> you know, so like there was a time where it was just like fear Yep, got kept getting kicked out of school. Last year, he was I homeschooled him for about uh, two months because they tried to transfer him to a school in Cobb County. I call I call it Fair East Side because it looked like the school from Lean on Me, where they sent K through twelve kids who have behavioral issues, mm-hmm. and I was like, 
absolutely not. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, know, yeah. I, you won't, you won't have my, 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 like, you won't have my kid there seeing what God knows what mm-hmm. and, 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 cha- and, cha- and changing him in, internally. Absolutely not. So, well, Marcia, I mean, does you, does, is your son on any form of medication? No, he's not on any medica- medication. Good. Awesome. And he's and he we're not having the episodes like that um, okay. anymore. Okay. okay. But not not often. But treatment is treat for for these type of episodes, especially autism. Treatment is better than medication because you really have to get to what the root cause is for the triggers. Like mm-hmm. kind of you have to kind of go through the back door and like break the triggers instead of giving a medication to suppress the trigger. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And and you know what, you know, what you're doing and what Gina has done is no different than what all mothers will do, right? Let me just kind of put that out there or, or any parent will do. You have to go to the mat for your kid, right? You got, oh God. because they're, they're children. They don't know. You have to be their advocate and you, Absolutely. you, there's something inside of you that knows what's best for them or maybe you know what's not going to work for them and so you have to be that 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 barrier that warrior that spokesperson for them and then you still have to nurture them and give them what they need so that they can continue to be a human being because they're that that's what they are they're human beings they just learn differently they just they maneuver a little differently than we do and who's to say what we do is to be normal it's Exactly. It's fine for them. And so it's we're just trying to figure out how to make sure they're comfortable in the spaces that they're in while they're there. Yeah. Okay. You want to make yeah. sure you're safe. I feel for you, sis, because I feel that with Tony, those episodes at school, like yeah. that is that's the scariest because if they get a hold to a child, because yeah, Tony got a hold to the teacher and um yeah, a little white woman and he clapped yeah. down on her and like that was and once they start that trail of paperwork, it's a wrap. You know, yeah, that's what I do. in the yeah. closet thing. I'm like, absolutely not. We're no, not, we're not doing any of that. I yeah. also looked at what, and like you were saying, like getting to the root, what is causing it? Because I really feel like, because like what you were saying, how his eyes glaze over, it's not even him. Like I yeah. can tell, and he wants to stop. Like he, he'll, yes. he wants, and he, he can't. And it's like, yeah. he'll stop for a second, and then it goes back. And then does your, does your son do the self stimming? Like Tony does his hands. He does the the stimming thing. Uh, no, he doesn't do that. He doesn't do that. It's, it's it's really it's really crazy. Where outside of the outburst, and then just a certain little of social awkwardness, which really just has to do with needing to get him around other children. Like right. he's in a school. I have him in a wonderful school now, uh, Jacob Ladder, that has a, a, an amazing program. Like the first phone call I had with them, like after calling school after school, telling them what kind of, you know, calling these private schools, telling the issues. And they're like, oh, violent behavior? No. Right. Oh, oh. Because <laughs> there's, so there's so many children. There's so many kids with autism now. They right. don't have to take the, they don't have to take the violent ones. Like I, I don't have to, we don't have to deal with that. Right. And when I finally got on the phone and talked to, their school now, Jacob's Ladder, I bawled. Like, I feel it. Like, I could cry right now, to be honest. Like, I can feel it in my heart mm. where when it was like somebody hears me 
And even as I was looking at the website, I started feeling this overwhelmed because it was like everything that I've been trying to piecemeal together and do myself was contained in this one building. Mm-hmm. And these with these people, when I called them and I described to him, they're like, oh, it sounds like a lot of our kids. Wow. I completely wow. broke down. Yeah. I completely <laughs> broke down because you have, you know, when you have a child who has a kind of issues, you're afraid for them mm-hmm. and you're afraid for other people because mm-hmm. of that. You don't know what this grows to if you don't stop the trajectory mm-hmm. of the violence. Mm-hmm. You know, it gives it, yeah. And it's a scary and, time. The last thing you want to do is law enforcement because all they see is a big yeah. black man. Yes. Like, yeah. Right. Tony, like on the outside, yes, he's a grown man. Right. Developmentally, he's probably about four. Wow. Yeah. But to the outside world, he looks like a grown ass man. And they're yeah. not equipped. They don't know a first thing about. It. And then mm-hmm. like, that's my biggest. And I don't like to speak it because I don't like to attract it. But no. if I say anything like that's why I had to yeah. stop working. I don't want to be that mom on the mm-hmm. six o'clock news. Yeah. I don't want to be with my child missing and my child like not that yeah. I can't. So yeah. like you were saying, Michelle, like I'm his voice. I'm his advocate. I am he's depending on me to keep him safe and to yes. keep him happy. That's my biggest thing with him. And then even I'm at to the age now, like tomorrow's not promised to any of us, yeah. but my thing, and for lack of a better word, mm-hmm. is um, burden. Like, mm-hmm. I want to set him up to be as independent as possibly possible. Like, I would love to live forever, but there's going to come a time when I'm going to get my wings. And yeah. what happens to him? Like, yeah. I'm his everything. I'm his BFF. I'm his mom. I'm mm-hmm. his, like, I'm And we have a wonderful relationship. Can you see him? I brought him on screen. Yeah, we see him. Yeah, right we see him. Hey. Yeah. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Tony is for people to see, yeah, because he's sitting over here looking at me. He don't miss nothing. So yeah, he's a good guy. And Gina, you've taken Tony uh, from state to state to state. Like people that know you know Gina. Gina does not stay home, and we're we're going to slide into this in a second. But I want to give a little prelude because you guys, you discovered for Tony in Texas, and so the support system might be different there. I want to ask Marsha. For your son, and which one is it? Christian that is autistic? Christian, Christian. Christian. Yeah. Were you in Atlanta when you discovered his autism? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. You've been here the entire time, and so, yes, I'm, yeah, he was born and raised here, so we've been here the, the entire time. So, do you find, Marsha, that the support system in place for children with autism is has been good for you here in Atlanta, or could be improved? Tell me a little bit about that. Uh, the most most of the st- supports I've utilized were through the school, okay, and through and through the uh, the uh, the the medical providers that we've utilized. That's been that's been the support system I've used. I do think that um, if things were more centralized for for parents who are dealing with children with special needs, where you had where everything was kind of like here this is all you need to know and this mm-hmm. is how you go about doing it i think it would be a lot more helpful because everything's so spread out you have to go on such a dig and when you're already kind of under the water dealing mm-hmm. with their kids it can be difficult to be able to 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 pull up to reach for those other services so outside of the educational system but now my kids are in private school and then uh, it have it have uh, uh and he has a doctor uh 
a specialist, a specialist as well. So now we're in a good space, mm-hmm. but in, t- in terms of outside care, you know, the, like government stuff, we haven't really taken advantage okay. of anything. In that. All right. I'm going to switch over to Gina. Gina, I know you go to Texas, New York, <laughs> you lived in Louisiana, New Orleans. So, and you take that baby with you. Tony goes with you. When you <laughs> so I want to talk to you about it. Cause I think you, you might've shared with me at one time, you're able to get the services that you need for Tony more so in New York than in Atlanta, or is that is that still true? Or oh, absolutely, being a New Yorker, we take things for granted. Yeah, I did not realize. Like I said, being born and raised there, we just outside of New York. Like if you have disabilities, that's the place you want to be. Okay, um, they just offer more. Um, they have a program that um, actually it's Medicaid funded, but it pays the um, Instead of having a stranger come in your house, they will pay family members to pay uh, to take care of your elderly parents or your adult um, 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 disabled children. Mm-hmm. So it's a godsend mm-hmm. because, um, yeah, on paper, I, I live in New York. That's okay. My it's, I got and, you. Um, I, that's how I tap in. because, And if I actually was there more often, because, you know, I go back and forth. So I go... Mm-hmm. And uh, that's where all of his appointments are. I'm using my New York address just simply because, um, like, I can't speak, like, because, um, like I said, adult services are totally different. I tried the day habs. They look really nice on the uh, brochures. However, when you go and visit them, like, I live in tears. It breaks my heart. Um, And I'm just not going to be like, and you may see them sometimes. And I'm saying it all. There may be some good ones. I don't know. My experience, like I've had, I had one place shut down. This was in Houston, of course, but I get respite care for him in home and out of home. That's part of like, there's so much, but if you don't know about it, like Houston, it took me a while. Like I was on a waiting list for 15 years. Literally. He got on when he was three and I got it when he was 18. Wow. uh, but he had a service coordinator and going back to, you know, whatever they suggested. And I remember her telling me that I would need this, you know, the foresight of it, you know, they're cute when they're little, but there was going to come a time. And I never, I couldn't allow myself because it was overwhelming. Like he still watches Barney mm-hmm. and that was cute when he was little. Yeah. Was it going to be cute when he was 30 years old, a grown ass man still watching Barney? Right, right. Absolutely. It's fine with me. Like I'm so past that. I'm saying my mindset back then, like I couldn't think that far ahead. Now I'm there. Mm-hmm. And so I took it one day at a time, but I had the foresight to see this waiting list that he would need it once, once upon a time. And it took like, yeah, 15 years, literally, because it goes back to funding. Um, so that's my thing. I believe in getting everything he's entitled to. Um, also like for people that maybe he qualifies for SSI, I've been getting him SSI since he was probably three when he was first diagnosed. Mm Um, of course that's income based. Um, but now that he's an adult, he gets that on his own and he'll need that for a lifetime. So along with that comes his Medicaid. Um, and so that opens up services also, but as far as traveling, when I tell you this one here, Mm -hmm. this is my road dog. We roll like he's so, um, and then I've even gotten, so he, t- he rides on the plane now. And that was my biggest thing. Um, I, we watched planes because we live near the airport. So we would go watch the planes go on. And I would always promise him one day I was going to take him. But I did not know. The last thing you want to do is be on a plane and closed area. And he go into one of his episodes. Right. Like, okay. So, but nope. 
He the, he's yeah. that, I tell you he's a, a seasoned traveler now. <laughs> he gets his backpack and his snacks, and he's and we we get special boarding because I pull my card when I need be because he wants that first seat because he's so big. His long legs are that first, and they they have accommodations. So I don't mind. All disabilities mm-hmm. are not physical. Like he's not in a wheelchair, but that doesn't mean that um you know he doesn't like I can bypass. I still have to go through security, but there's TSA has certain places that he can go. We don't have to wait on those long lines, and then mm-hmm. we can get pre boarding. So he does fine on the plane. He does no, fine. So yeah, he travels with me. Everybody knows Tony. Everybody knows Tony. Everybody knows Tony. I want to ask this question. Where do you ladies find most of your support from? Has it been from friends? Has it been from family? Has it been from other resources? Because again, I'm speaking, I'm a parent, right? I'm a single parent. Um, Sometimes you don't get the help, right? Everybody says when they're cute and they're in the the little bassinet or whatever, babysit I'll watch them <laughs> and then when you need them unfortunately they're not available because life is happening so now we have children that are autistic do we find that it's been difficult or our families have been all in tell us a little bit about it Marsha I'm gonna start with you how has it been for you you get your support from family friends both outside so- sources what's going well, on my um my parents they live in Indiana Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, my, my mom, she will like during the, during the, during breaks, you know, take the boys for a couple of weeks, a week's here, a couple of weeks there to give me, to give me a break. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that, um, I don't really have much family here. Uh, when they were younger, I had family members who would come and babysit, but it was more because they were cute. Mm-hmm. But, <laughs> <laughs> And then, and then everybody lived more. And then everybody lived closer. Yes. And then, and now people are more spread, uh, spread on the outside, and and just life, life, life is happening uh, to everyone. So really, um, until recently, I'm my uh, I'm divorced, and they would my boys would go with their dad every other weekend. Mm -hmm. Starting in August, we started uh, where it's every other week now. Wow. So now it's like. It's, it's, it's literally, I have a completely different life. Nice. But it's, but it's interesting. I was talking to a friend yesterday. I have two different, but I have two very different lives. Hmm. I have this like this yogi businesswoman, one Marsha life. Right. And then I have mommy life, yes. especially now with the COVID where yeah. no one's going to school, everything. So it's like, I have this, this very then and kind of still kind of working and moving action in their yeah. life with my but with without the kids but then when they're here it's like whoosh. yeah so yeah but the um the to 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 be the point yeah i i hadn't i didn't receive a lot you mm-hmm. know being not being from here no i haven't had a lot of support you mm-hmm. know it's been kind of, it's been kind of us, you know, until, until more recently with, okay. with, with his dad paying a much bigger role that's added a, a, a whole nother layer of relief awesome. uh, and made me, and, and really has made me a, a much more effective hmm. mom where hmm. it's not, I'm not constantly on the, on the hamster wheel. Right. I can come off and, and like, and become more strategic in, and how I, and how I parent. Yeah. And that's good. And that's important. You know, we got to have that balance. Oftentimes we're doing everything by ourselves and we, and and then it starts to feel isolated, Mm -hmm. right? You feel like 
you're in this incubator and it's you and your little cubs, your babies, you know, and you're just doing the routine and everything. And it's just like, and they're like, people are like, oh, she got it. She got it. No, it's not uh-huh. have it. It's just because I don't really have the help to help me, you know, balance this thing out. So, yeah. no, no. And I think, too, as children get a little older, as we as as parents, we get a little bit more comfortable in their social settings and then being in different places and maybe with different people. But it's great that their father is stepping, you know, is involved and stepping up more to one week at a time because it's a lot. It's having children, raising children with nothing at all is a lot. And then when they have a unique style or personality or wellness or how they adapt to information and how they live in this life, you gotta, you gotta, ha- you need that help. You need that yeah. help. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm, I, 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 I just, when I look at like my life and our, our lives, our lives this time last year and this time it's, it's another world. I, mm-hmm. I think around this time last year was during the time he was at home with me Yeah. and, 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 and you know, and, and that dealing with that. And then my youngest getting up and going to school every day, like, what? What you mean? <laughs> what you mean he ain't gotta go to school? <laughs> he doesn't and even I gotta go. He didn't even understand. And 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 really that would ha- and there there's a big issue too with having kids really close in age and having that younger child who has the older the older sibling who has uh those type of issues because I see my ex my my youngest youngest son really one doing things for attention like look at me look at me see me because it's like christian always is pulling the attention but not always in a in a great way so it's, it's sometimes i see this little battle going between them uh, for for the attention mm-hmm. and they're close they're they're about maybe two years apart Marcia. yeah 20 months they're 20 months yeah 20 apart. months apart yeah, so there's still a little competition in there yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah that it, yeah. it's that it's that thing but Definitely, I see my 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 little ones like yo. You gonna see me? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You will not ignore me. And it's a different dynamic for Gina. For her, for Tony and Remy, they're close in age. She said in the opening comments that they're almost like twins because they're, I guess, thirteen months apart. And so they grew up pretty close together. So it's a little different there. They didn't have that kind of competition, right, Gina? They got along pretty well. Oh, absolutely. That their issue was having. I mean, um, and that's what I just wrote about today because, um, you know, I was dealing with my, me dealing with the, the diagnosis, but I didn't realize what it must have done for Remy because mm-hmm. she's so close in age. So she's a child herself. So her taking it like, and then kids are cruel, you know, and I used to make her take him with her, like, take your brother, take your brother. She went outside, you know, she ride the bike skating, you know, she was hanging out, you know, I'm like, take your brother. And like, he's so embarrassing. Like I, it was... <laughs> I get it. I get it. However, but I had to, and I remember getting the Maria Shriver's book, um, What's mm-hmm. Wrong with Timmy? But so she would understand children with disabilities because the only thing I had was that that's the way, you know, so she could explain it to her friends, like, why doesn't he talk? And so that's a good question. So, you know, just that's the way he was born. That's why God made him. He was special. But their relationship was always so close, but she was always the mama bear. And she still, and initially I wanted to keep them in school together. Um, and I realized that that wasn't fair to her because 
my thinking initially was that she would be his mouthpiece because because he can't talk. I was always very protective of him. I'm the mama bear thing. And um, anybody picking on him or whatever, but I was blessing that. Like nobody ever picked on Tony. Everybody loved Tony. Like he had some classes, he was mainstreaming. I never got that bullying type of thing, but that was Remy. You know, she was so protective and I realized keeping them in school together was going to be a distraction for her. I don't want her fighting his battles. Like I don't want her always had to protect her brother. So they ended up going to different schools and anyway, I would always make sure Tony got to the best schools. I was that mother would scan a bell. Um, I saw that poor woman went to Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you have a product or service you'd like to have promoted during the show, please contact us at info at realchicksrock.com and we'll send you the details. We're reaching the masses and we would love for you to join us on the ride. Until next time, take care and continue to rock on.